Welcome back to another episode of Loose Ends. Val and I hope you had a wonderful Christmas season or Hanukkah season, whatever season you celebrated. We hope you enjoyed it. And we hope there wasn't too much family drama. We had a wonderful Christmas. We and did. We did. And now very we're... Very quiet. Very quiet. <laughs> wasn't it, <laughs> it lovely? It was lovely. <laughs> it was so nice. Yes. Um, and then came the grandkids, and then it got yeah. loud. But now we're into New Year, yeah. 2024. It's going to be quite the year, at least south of the border. There's going to be much goings on additionally. Is there ever. But we thought we'd talk this morning about New Year's resolutions. Now, I have a little pushback to the word itself, and let me explain why. Okay. Uh, I, I understand that, you know, resolve, yeah. I mean, from the origin of the word, to resolve, to make a commitment to something, to decide something. Okay, so this is the decision I'm making. This is the resolution I'm making. Yeah. And all I know is that in human behavior, it don't seem to work well. It just doesn't because the highest gym memberships, I'm going to get in shape, are in January. It's true. And by March, yeah. those same people don't come yeah. any longer. I mean, and now maybe that has to do with going outside, but most of it has to do with stopping their chosen decision to what? Well, what are you yeah, say? I, I, I don't know. I just find it interesting. I think I, I had heard the other day uh, something that really kind of blew me away and, and made me think, well, that's actually accurate. And that's like... When you discipline yourself to do anything, whether it's one small change or one big change or whatever it is, it's the biggest expression of self-love. And because you're disciplining yourself uh, today and making it uncomfortable to make tomorrow better. Short-term pain for longer-term right. gain. Well, that's right. the notion behind it exactly. all. Exactly. Well, so here's my reframe on the word resolution okay. itself. I prefer, in recent years, I've begun doing this, right, because I've had, I've lived long enough now to, to notice my own pattern of failures. Sure, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Me as well, and yeah. I'm going to do yep. this, and then two months later, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know what that, what happened to that one. So I have, I set intentions now. I'll have an intention for the year. Mm-hmm. And so I have chosen an intention for 2024, and I've also chosen a word, and I think I'm springing that on you because I, I didn't tell you that I was going to talk about choosing a word. So, okay. you know, I'll talk long enough to give you a chance to. But did you did you think of a, an intention yourself? We didn't share anything, Well, folks. see, that's the thing. I don't, I don't make an intention uh, on New Year's. I eat lentils. <laughs> <laughs> lentils is, there's an old Italian belief that if you eat lentils on New Year's Day, you bring prosperity into your house. So I really keep it simple I as far as New Year's. That. That's true. So I make lentil soup every single year on New Year's Day. It's a, a tradition for me. And... Um, so, no, I don't put out a, an intention for the year because I'm very much like you. I go to bed at night and I literally have a list of about 15 intentions. And those intentions are to carry me through the night and then what happens when I wake up in the morning. Oh, well, you've got me then because I don't set any intentions at night. My yeah. intention is to go to sleep and I'm very effective at it. <laughs> <laughs> but as am I. But, you know... M- 
fucking menopause stops you from <laughs> sleeping right through the night anymore, right? So um, now I literally, one of my uh, intentions at night is, it is my intention to fall asleep easily and effortlessly. It is my intention to stay asleep all night. <laughs> well, well so, maybe I'll start doing that. But the, And they help. They help. So, uh, so, and then Karen, and it's also my intention to wake up feeling refreshed and alive. So, and, and it's my intention to further the day. But then if I do go to work, if I get up and drive to work for the day and I'm not at home, I, there's a whole other set set of intentions going on. So I'm intention building all the fucking time because my life is totally about maintenance <laughs> and keeping myself on the good fucking red road. <laughs> but interestingly enough, do you know where the whole idea of resolutions came from? Uh, you know, I don't. From like 4,000 years ago, the Babylonians. No. Yeah, they would, but their New Year's was in March, the beginning of March. And it was a 12-day well, festival. Well, that ties into the horoscope. <laughs> and the beginning of the horoscope new year is, isn't it Aries is the beginning? I'm not sure about horoscope. But in my, in pagan, a lot of pagan no, beliefs, our new year's is uh, Samhain, which is Halloween. That's our New Year's. So once the darkness starts, you're going into the new year. You go into the year of darkness until you come out in spring and then it's light okay. and you finish off the year with harvest. Well, so back to resolution but, where it started. Yeah, so, so Babylonians started it 4,000 years ago and they would plant and uh, offer their resolutions to their gods. Well, who I mean, knew? I, right? Like, who knew it was such an old tradition? Well, and then so I many think it's time to change that. Four thousand right? years is long enough. Yeah, so many more, many more unevolved the, people yes. doing these things, <laughs> <laughs> so we could get on a more evolved train. Well, in terms of an intention, uh, let me share mine with you, please. My intention is in twenty twenty four to nourish joy. Now, for oh. me, <clears throat> excuse me, for me, joy is the bass note of a symphony. It is not the melody. It is what keeps time. It's uh, the undercurrent to life. And a lot of other shit can be floating on the top that ain't so joyful and one can still plug into and derive some joy from an acknowledgement of that bass note to mix my metaphors between water and music. The word nourish. Oh, love it. Because I like the word create a lot. And to create joy is an entirely different thing for me than to nourish joy. And so nourishment has the implication of creation in it. Because to nourish something means you're growing it, mm-hmm. you know, to nourish your plants or your animals or your pet or your uh, children and yourself. So to nourish joy internally and then also externally, because for me the word nourish also car- carries an implication of physical health and well-being, i.e. nourish my body, i.e. Yes. eat well, yes. you know, that kind of thing. That's my intention. And I've, I, I thought about this. I mean, I didn't just choose this like, oh, that looks right. good. Yeah. You know, I'll take one of those. 
I thought, well, now how will that affect, for example, uh, let's say a family tragedy or something that is judged as less than joyful? Would I be able to nourish joy? How would I go about that? What would be the implications of choosing that in my life in terms of its effects on others? So these are some of the larger questions, and that's why I've chosen a, a rather kind of no. I really, I really one. like it. I really appreciate it. I think I appreciate it a lot because I've tried to do that in the last two years. I mean, I'm coming up to a two year anniversary of my mother's death, and I've tried to nourish when, that. When memory. did she die? What was the February fifteenth, two thousand and twenty two? Wow. Okay. And. I nourish that joy through the memories of her, and I thought they would be a lot more painful, but I'm really glad I have them. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that I'm strong enough to look at them and say, that is my pearl. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. You know, this is my gift. Uh, because I have so many wonderful, you know, memories of her and me and our relationship and what it stood for. So I think that I nourished that. I didn't deny it. I didn't, uh, you know, I really nourished it over the last two years, and I'm, and I'm, I'm happy I did. And I'm sure she is too, wherever she is. You know, they say as long as you remember someone, they are alive, right? They, they live in your memory. But anyway, yes. back to uh, to resolutions and the notion of how often it is that we set them and then break them. Uh, at the end of the year, often people do an assessment. You know, what was this year like? Where did I fall short? And we do it in performance reviews, at our jobs. We do it every, you know, a lot of places, your tax review, everything. And we do it for ourselves. We resolve to do things. And here's what I think happens is inside our brain, we have this whole catalog of all the times that we have made and broken our own promises to ourselves and to others. And so we don't really believe ourselves when we say, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week or five times a week. And people, I believe, set themselves up for failure. And then they get to be right about, see, I knew it wouldn't work. Yeah. So even though they said they wanted it to, Agreed. I prefer the intention aspect to me is an on more ongoing process. I still intend it every day and every day might turn out a little bit differently, but I haven't set it up to feel like a failure because I didn't do my 10 push-ups or whatever. I, I, I 100% agree with that. Because I think you shouldn't even bother to make a resolution. I mean, they've even nicknamed the, the what? It's called uh, resolution am- and amnesia. No, I don't know. Yeah, they've, they, they, they've nicknamed that so because it's that's so common, right? I don't. Resolution amnesia. Yeah. I love that. Well, but think I'm about it. That's with that. that. That's true <laughs> for most people, but. I don't think you'll change any part of your life, any part of your life, until you are good, goddamn, and ready. Well, it, interesting. It, okay, let's let's talk about being ready. You know, there's that AA thing. You can't help an alcoholic until they hit bottom. Right. Well, what the hell is bottom? You never well, know. It might look everybody, like bottom it's to me, but to them, it's like, well, no, I have lower. I can yeah, go. <laughs> true, true that, man. Watch I have me. seen it. Watch me. Yeah. Now. So. I think is really hard to help anybody else. We know our own bottoms. We know when we've reached that point where the pain 
of staying where we are exceeds the pain of changing. That's right. And so we choose finally to change because it's the lesser of the of the two pains. And I will agree that, you know, on, upon changing, you change. I mean, I'm not—I used to be the love life of the party. I am no longer that, you know, because I decided that that wasn't the lifestyle I wanted. And I had to shift my life in a way that didn't really allow that kind of party anymore. So, well, okay, well— And then and then the life of the party became so much different. It became more about better conversation, better connection. And so that— aspect of my life very much changed. I became a lot less social in those places and a lot more social in the conversation of deep, heavy, and real. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. So what you're saying then is any change, any uh, resolution we make or any change we attempt, let's get off the word resolution, predetermines additional changes that are as yet unforeseen. And so you're deciding to change lifestyle, and that was way back in the day, and became less of the party girl because you defined partying differently. Mm -hmm. So do you see where I'm going with this? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Sorry, then, my absolutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I stand strong in my absolutes. <laughs> it's a thing between us, folks. She uses absolutely uh, like I use. Okay. <laughs> so then. So anyway, I believe that change is incremental. And I believe that one change, one little change, doesn't matter what it is, but one little change a day will lead you to places you would never have predicted. Recently, I read one psychologist's take on this, and it was a reframe, for me anyway, of how one sets a goal, or in this case, we're talking resolutions. She suggested that you go out into the future, pick a time frame, three years, five years, doesn't matter. I'm going to say three years. Three years from now, who would I like to be? And then come back to this present moment and make the choice that that person would make. So she focuses far more on the notion of building character, which you talk about becoming less the party girl. I suggest that's because you became more aware of your own character building Mm -hmm. and wanted to strengthen that, which turns you away from other activities. So the other point which I I really, uh, just to finish that thought, I really liked that notion of going out into the future and coming back and, you know, making that choice from today. Right. I think the other thing that you brought up that's fascinating and something that we don't think about is, well, what will that future self have to give up? It's not just what they choose to do. It's what they choose not to do. It's what you don't invest your time and energy into anymore, you know, where you transfer it. I think what might happen along the way is not only do we lose certain aspects of ourselves that others have become used to and expect us to be that way. Yes. (laughs) We also lose sometimes relationships. Mm -hmm. that no longer resonate with who we have become. I remember uh, this was uh, someone very close to me 
many years ago, so a couple of decades, I recommended a book to him that I was enjoying because it was a novel and just had some interesting notions to it. He looked at the title. He turned to me and he said, I'm sorry, I don't have time for that. A successful person told me once, the only thing standing between you and where you want to go are the books you read and the people you meet. He goes, I really only have control over one of those two things. And But he said it in a very, just a very kind of, it wasn't dismissive and it wasn't denigrative. It simply was kind of objective. Yeah. No, no. And it stuck with me, man. And I started thinking, whoa. And that was about the time that I started thinking about reading more books of, uh, that were uncomfortable, that didn't fit into my norm. Yeah. And that would be one of the things that would fall in this nourishing joy aspect is to learn more. Well, you don't learn more if you just keep reading the same old shit you've been reading, you know? Uh, this is and true. And I love uh, espionage thrillers. I love novels and the Clancy books. I love all those things. I also know that if I only read that... That's what you focus on. Uh, it's like lying in bed and watching that episode instead of standing up and doing my hand weights. Absolutely. Uh, we do have to give up something, but... I mean, I've never looked at it in a frame of, of, you know, three, two, three, four, five years down the road. Um, but because I didn't, I got that wonderful, joyous experience of, holy shit, I'm here. I'm actually fucking here. I'm here where I always wanted to be. And I didn't realize I was here. You know, I got here, but I didn't realize I was here. And now I'm here. And I'm like, holy fuck, I'm here. Yeah. You know, so there is some, like joy and excitement in that, in realizing that and coming to terms with that of like, oh, I've, I, I'm there. You know, I'm the person I wanted to be 20 years ago. I know exactly what you mean. I've had various moments because I think we're always becoming. Yes, absolutely. Right. So always with that becoming. in mind, I remember a moment, very distinct moment. There are several, and this is the one I'm sharing. I was walking down a hill, a paved one lane road in a small town in Rockport, Ontario, if people want to know. And I was headed toward the boat, and I had just been into Brockville, where I'd spent a day in a suit conducting a, a mediation for a large corporation. And I they had handed me a check for $4,000 as I walked out. Now, this was pre-pandemic. This was mm, 2008, maybe 2009, something. I don't know. It was so long ago. <laughs> and I remember walking down, getting ready to go back to the island. Must have been 2008 because it was the summer that I had moved from Toronto and sold everything after the carbon monoxide. And went to Mexico. And went to Mexico in the winters. Yeah. And so, and I remember the feeling as I walked down holding a briefcase and a whole bunch of other crap, walking to a boat to go get on my jeans on an island in the summer. And I thought, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm living what I had set out to feel. Um, so that but was cool. There's excitement in yeah. that, right? Yeah. In coming, in understanding that, oh, 
I got here. I did it by myself. It was me. (laughs) And that comes from, you can call it resolutions if you want. I just don't think we do. No. That comes from a clear intention where your every single footstep is taking you closer to that, whether you consciously remember it or not. Once you've set the intention, the universe goes to work. It conspires on your behalf and behind your back, you know? Absolutely. I remember uh, having a conversation. Absolutely, (laughs) actually. I remember having a conversation with a friend years ago. Unfortunately, she's not really a friend anymore, but, and it was like we had a conversation sitting in a Burger King. I'll remember. Was this the kind of thing where, you know. 2006, maybe this conversation was happening. And she uh, disclosed to me that she was very attracted to me. Oh. And she wanted to start a relationship with me. And so I proceeded to go in almost therapy mode and say, okay, so I'm going to ask you to tell me what this situation looks two steps from here if it goes this way or two steps from here if it goes this way. Okay. And she was like, at, at, at the end of the conversation, because it was, you know, I was, it was a gentle of, you know, oh, well, thanks, but not there, <laughs> you know, and, but it was gentle. And she looked at me and she said, how do you do that? And I remember my first thought being, how the fuck don't you? do that, you know, but it's trained. I trained myself to do that. I trained myself to go, okay, is this decision, what does this decision look two steps from now? What does this decision look after I make the decision? Yeah. I've had clients ask me, you know, should questions when they're faced with a choice, let's say leaving a job, taking a new one, a relationship issue, marriage. And when it's almost, you know, six of one, half a dozen the other, and you can't really make up your mind, I often have suggested to people, you've you've suggested go out two steps from here and then think of the repercussions. I call that consequences. And yeah. that's, you know, executive function of the brain is working real well there. That's good. I often say to clients, pick one. Doesn't matter. Wake up the next morning. Now, which one will you regret the most? Ah. Which one? So sometimes I've had a party that I've been invited to, for example. This is back in the day. And I really didn't want to go. I really just didn't want to go, want to stay home in my pajamas, whatever. And I think about, well, pretend it's the next morning. Which choice will I have regretted the most? Staying home or going to the party or not going to the party? Nine times out of ten. I'll regret not staying home. Oh, well. <laughs> you know? And sometimes, sometimes I make that choice, too, for myself, and I'm much better at it now. The difference is I wouldn't have accepted the invitation in the first place. I would have made space for my own emotional maintenance. And in the past, I was less, I was less skilled at that. And so I took into consideration other people's feelings more than my own needs. I didn't want to hurt their feelings. I knew how much it would mean if I would show up at this gathering, whatever, you know, illusion I was operating under that made me so, you know, the center of attention. And now I'm like, oh, fuck that. If I want to stay home, I'm going to stay home. The difference is I won't accept the invitation up front. I and I won't lie at the back end to get out of it because that shit adds up, right? So that's coming full circle back to resolutions now because that was supposedly the topic. 
Don't make a resolution unless you intend to actually follow through on it because it costs you self-esteem and trust. Say yes to half as much shit as you're currently saying yes to. Make half as many uh, goals or resolutions and follow through on it, and it won't cost you as much. The best expression of self-love is follow through. If you choose to make one little change in your life, that follow-through is the greatest self-love you can give yourself. It's kind of like the journey of a thousand miles, platitudinal adage where people are like, oh, yeah, you know, just take one step. It does take time. This is time dependent. Yeah. It doesn't take that long, though, to fill, if you will, the sense of, I can do it. I'm I'm on my way. It, that's only a couple of weeks. That's right. Because your brain will kick in and go, guess what? I've heard her say this a million times, but this time she apparently means it. She's working out with the weights. And there's a brain <laughs> shift at 30, 60, and 90 days. Yes. So you know what? Just hang on. Keep Stick going. Stick with it. And, and like, like you said earlier, unless you're ready to do this, don't even attempt it. If you're half-assed about it, don't even bother. Right. Don't even bother. You've got to be all in or all out. There you go. Say yes to half as many things and uh, weigh the price of saying no to that yes if you break your agreement. I think that's it for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a wonderful day. And have a wonderful year. Yeah. Yeah. Can you stand it? Yeah, yeah. make an intention. Twenty four. Wow. Yeah, I suddenly feel much older. <laughs> <laughs> have a great week, everybody. Follow us on social media. New episodes are posted every Monday. They take a little while to get to Apple. Uh, which is why we say new episodes drop every Tuesday. But we have noticed there's a large uh, little contingent of people that have tuned into the fact that we drop them on Mondays. So <laughs> welcome aboard. And we'll see you next Monday and Tuesday. Have Take a great care, week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. I'm feeling myself. <laughs>